Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 243. We're recording this live a little early this week, July 16th. That's a Thursday. We're going to make up tomorrow's news, July 16th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, the man, the Lord of Location, right? The beacon yeah, of sometimes, place. yeah. Here we go. It's uh, Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto, back in Toronto after uh, two days in New York. Uh, and the weather, the weather is actually much better here than in New York, so I'm happy to be back in Toronto. It's hot. It was hot. But I'm leaving tomorrow, so to go to go to hotter places. So hmm. you survived, though. Um, you didn't get eaten alive on your camping trip. I got a lot of bites, but uh, yeah, I'm still here. And, and the uh, facial area. For so the most part, they're gone. I got a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Wow. It's starting your vacation tomorrow, isn't it? It is. My God. Asif, I don't know how you have time for vacation. <laughs> isn't that all you do all year is travel? Pretty, yeah, but it's not vacation. That's the thing. It just tires you out. This time I actually get to go and like play some golf and you know whatever. There's a misconception about travel for work, right? Mm. Yeah. People think it's all like, you know, just like living in the lap of luxury, but it's not. Eating out, kicking back, having a few drinks, away from the family. God. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you in New York for? I just went in uh, a couple of uh, member meetings, but uh, also did a, I did a uh, kind of workshop presentation for a big agent, agency out there called uh, Whedon and Kennedy. Yeah. Um, they've got some pretty nice clients, including Delta Airlines, so uh, we may, may be doing some stuff with them. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, small airline. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Yeah, you know. Get them up here in Canada. We'll shake up the boots of uh, Air Canada up here. There you go. Reduce the prices. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sucks that I have to... It's cheaper for me to fly to New York and then from New York to Toronto than it is for me to go right to Toronto. It's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's going on with the LBMA these days? Nothing? Well, we, we still got... Uh, you know, it's, it's summer, so it's still relatively slow, but we've got two events coming up. Uh, one in Atlanta in partnership with IBM called the Retail Experience. That's next week, July 22nd uh, at uh, IBM's uh, uh, head office there in Atlanta. Um, more information on the LBMA website about that. And then uh, the following week, uh, the LBMA Chicago chapter is hosting an event on the 27th uh, in the evening, and that is uh, in partnership with a group called the Digital Professional Institute at their uh, facility. Uh, and we'll have uh, speakers from Geophedia and Iris Mobile uh, participating in that as well. So that's uh, 22nd in Atlanta, 27th in uh, Chicago. And that's all I got right now. Isn't that funny? You talk about Iris Mobile, right? And we got a story. We do have a story about, about that. About irises. Iris I no, it's Iris. Iri. Iris. Iri. Iri. Eyes. Eyes. Yeah. The things in the eyes. Well, so that's nice and relaxed. And you're gone for for about ten days, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, man, you are lucky. I get to do that in 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 August. So. Yeah, and you're coming here. I'm coming to Toronto. So there you go. Timing it, uh, you know, it's it totally fluke that the Yankees are in town. Totally yeah, fluke. Yeah. Yeah, sure, nothing to sure. do with timing. Yeah. You know, my wife, um, I presented my wife with uh, back uh, back in the day before kids. I mean, in fact, she was just pregnant. But for her, uh, I can't remember what birthday it would have been. Her 35th, no, 36th birthday? Okay. Maybe? Yeah, it was her 36th birthday. Um I, we were trying to have kids, and I knew we were going to have kids. I, like, I had that feeling that we were going to have kids. So I said, listen, this is one of our last chances to go off, just her and I, before she gets pregnant and, you know, your life ends when you have kids. Or when there's more than two of you. We didn't know we were having twins at the time, obviously. Uh, I bought her tickets to uh, to go to Paris. So we went to Paris on this great trip, and it was amazing. And uh, I booked the tickets, and then I booked it all in kind of February of that year. And then in April, we were going to go in May. And in April, Springsteen announced his tour. Ugh. And guess what happened on the Wednesday, smack dab in the middle of the week? Well, you probably know. Springsteen obviously was playing uh, in Place Bercy in Paris during the Seeger Sessions tour. And uh, and my wife to this day thinks that I had it all planned out. It's, wow. I'm like, no, I had nothing. It was... No. I, hey, there's worse things that can happen than that. It's the greatest concert I've ever seen. She loved it. She loved it. Anyways, that's my story. Sticking to it. So the all Yankees, right. total fluke. Spring yeah. total. Fun. Well, baseball resumes today, or no, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. tomorrow, with the Blue Jays. 
Yeah. Let's see what they do. We we need to make a trade. It's about to, it's about to happen. I feel it. I'm feeling they gotta it. Do it. They got to do it. I'm feeling it. This is where uh, this is where a lot of seasons end. You know what I mean? Where where teams that thought they were in are sellers, and we're gonna start to see that. Don't worry. They're gonna pick somebody up. They I are. Hope. I hope. All right. Okay, so we got a good a good show. We got ten great stories and a guest, Ian Dallimore, who's the director of innovation and digital strategy for Lamar. Uh, he, you actually got to sit down with him, and for those of you who are watching, you will love what's behind him. If you're of, of the vintage of me, uh, and me, oh, and Asif, yeah, well, you don't look it. You don't look it, man. I'm starting to feel hey, it. Hey, come on. Um, a Miss Pac-Man game. That's the greatest thing ever. Anyway, yeah, he's got that in Donkey Kong. And well. I showed my kids Donkey Kong. They're like, is that Mario? I said, that's where he came from. Mario. <laughs> and they're like, wow, dad, that was lame. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I showed them Space Invaders and Galaga and all the other ones. And, and yeah, they don't want to play those. No. No. That are now you can play in an emulator in a web browser. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Okay. All right, we got 10 stories, uh, and of course, Ian, and uh, no resources, but I'm sure that some will come up along the way. Do not fret. Do not worry. If you like resources, if you like these things, these actual bits and pieces, I've redone the Untethered.tv newsletter. It has my content, obviously, from Untethered.tv, including this podcast, but it also has stories from around the web, and it's all focused on mobile growth, mobile growth, strategies, tactics, things that I can find, and I just put it into a newsletter. It goes out Sunday night, late, late, late Sunday night. You can subscribe on Untether.tv. Just go to Untether.tv. It's the first box in the top right. Just subscribe to it. You'll get it once a week, not every day. Just slowing slowing down that process. And the response has been good. So if you want resources, there are lots in that newsletter. All right, that's it. Let's go. Right. Seif, man, shall we okay. kick it off with the top we 10 should. stories of the week? And you get to start. All right, our first story. So this, uh, I was in New York this week, as we already alluded to, and uh, one of the things I discovered while I was in New York is these this uh, interesting app. Uh, so there's a um, uh, a group called, uh, uh, well, the app is called WBBR. It's uh, as is the station. This is the uh, it's a music station, a radio station, if you will, uh, that is only accessible. You can only listen to this radio station when you are on the Williamsburg Bridge in New York. Uh, it was created by the agency Sid Lee um, for a company called Uno, uh, which is, I guess, is the company who, uh, who manages this, uh, this station. And uh, it's pretty cool. And I actually, so I downloaded it, and uh, as I was leaving yesterday, uh, the city, to head back to LaGuardia, I crossed the Williamsburg Bridge and uh, got to experience this. But as you can see right now, I mean, Rob will read that out for you. You are 338.5 miles from the Williamsburg Bridge, and it only works there. Sorry. Yes. So as you're going up the bridge, uh, it, you hear one uh, one piece of music, and as you're descending the bridge, you hear a different piece of music. And uh, this is curated, uh, and uh, you get different music every day, uh, and it kind of you know brings a little bit of something different to your uh, your travels in and out of the city of New York. So. There you go. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was kind of different. We've had, no, not the first time we've had location-based music before. Uh, remember, we've talked about bands like uh, Blue Brain and some of the work they've done uh, in Central Park and uh, the National Mall and uh, the band that we covered a little while ago in Sweden. I think they're called Moose the, or something. In the forest, where you had to be. What are they the called? Forest? Something Moose, right? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, Sweden, uh, Swedish band in the forest uh, north of uh, of Stockholm. So. You know, uh, this kind of location-based content is a big thing, uh, something that we expect more and more of to, to, to see, but nice to see that somebody uh, is doing this and trying to make your commute a little bit uh, more interesting in and out of the city of New York. The Williamsburg Bridge app, uh, just look, just Williamsburg Bridge in the App Store, uh, if you're living in New York, WBBR, um, I like it. There you go. You forgot one one other thing that we've covered, uh, musician and geo-focused, uh, geo-fenced uh, music playing. Do you remember what it was? Uh, it's a pretty important test. I'll give you a hint. My well, we house, covered, Bruce Springsteen. Well, yeah, yeah. But we uh, we also covered Rolling Stones' launch of their uh, their right. albums around the yeah. world. We yeah. did cover that. So yeah, but I'm just saying that if you come over to my house, mm. there's like a geofence that when when you walk into the yes. house, all that's playing is Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't know how that happens. Anyway. You know what? Uh, artist, my uh, young, my youngest. They're both young. They're the same. They're the same age. But Ben, Ben found. Um, uh, Van Morrison, Into the Mystic. Ah, he's like an old album. soul, man. 
Great album. Like, come on. He's like, Ben, who's that? Van Morrison. Don't you know? He's, <laughs> he's coming to Ottawa to play the, the uh, folk festival, and he wants to go to that. I said, like, do you want to go see Huey Lewis in the news? No. Do you want to go see Blue Rodeo? No. Would you go see Bruce Springsteen? Only if it's not too late. Do you want to go see Van Morrison? Yes. Like, what have I done? There you go. Anyway. Hey, I mean, there's worse things, and Van Morrison's pretty darn awesome. It's wicked. Wicked, wicked, wicked. I love Van Morrison. All right. All right. So say you're in Switzerland. This is our second story. Say you're in Switzerland. Uh, you uh, stop at... Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I was going to read the whole thing, but I'm not, because I, I, I don't have the, the lang- linguistic abilities. But say you are in... You, you arrive at the train station uh, in Switzerland, and um, there, there's a flat screen, a big screen... And it's a guy sitting down there looking at you, and it seems like he's in the mountains, and he's really in the mountains. I'm going to play the video in a second here. It's basically a, um, an advertising campaign for Vrin Graubundin. Oh, totally, totally butchered that. Vrin Graubundin. And, and basically what it is, it's literally a guy at a desk in the middle of the mountains in Vrin saying, hey, listen, come to Vrin right now. And, and as people stop, it's in real time, people stop he prints off the tickets they they actually get on a train right then and there and go and visit him in the middle of the mountains it's a very 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 uh unique uh, campaign i think people are crazy <laughs> to go and do it but they did they took the tickets got on a plane like a mother you'll see with a, her daughter gets on a plane <laughs> or on a train how far goes, is it i i don't know i could actually i could find that out and as you're watching this i will find out how far vrin Graubunden is from the train station so take a look at this this is the ad it's about two minutes take a look uh you won't understand a thing that they're saying so you should be actually listening or watching to this but just take it from me it's it's a very good very good marketing initiative so i'll be back and i'll tell you the distance just give me a second All right, so that was the advertising campaign. We figured out based on math and based on something called Google Maps that from Zurich to Vrin is 170 kilometers away. So it depends on how you get there, but obviously by the train, it's not going to take you that long, but it's probably going to take you an hour at minimum to get there. And people did it. As you see, they get on the train and they go. And then they just hug the guy and turn around and come back home. It's it's cool. I like it. So do I. I do too. The Great Escape and from Zurich to Vrin train tickets giving away for free from the mountains yodeling all right does it come with Toblerone on the way or I was hoping like there's gotta be something better than just a a train ride all right all right our third story now this is a big story uh, in the industry this week Uh, probably the the biggest story in the industry this week our friends at Google have said enough of this iBeacon stuff and Apple uh, you know owning this beacon world and ecosystem we got our own thing now, and it's called Eddie Stone. Um, so it's Google's Eddie Stone. This is a open uh, platform, beacon platform, uh, so or in other words, platform agnostic, I should say, open source. Provide a better user experience and then fewer or no steps at all. Hello, I'm Timothy Jordan, and this is Developing with Beacons. A common beacon that you'll in the industry has been held back a little bit because there's no sort of standard, right? You know, you got iBeacons out here, you got other guys building their own things, and Google hasn't had, you know, uh, an offering in this in this space up until now. And when you've got, you know, over a billion Android devices out in the world, you need something for them to talk to. So uh, here comes Eddie Stone, and uh, unlike the Apple uh, system, which is a typical Apple approach, you know, the walled garden type of approach. 
uh, where they control the ecosystem and, and what's happening in it, this is completely open. Um, and so we'll see how this plays out. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a full SDK and development tools, uh, you know, for folks building apps out there. Uh, and the other interesting thing piece about this is that you might remember Rob and I covered, I don't remember what episode, a while, quite a while ago, Google had a sort of an earlier initiative in the, in the Beacon space, something called the URI Beacon. Um, and that was going to be, be um, instead of pushing out, uh, you know, push messages in the way normal beacons do, it was pushing out URLs. Um, and that has been uh, scrapped, I guess, as a standalone offering and it has been incorporated into the Eddie Stone uh, offering now. So uh, it hasn't disappeared, it's just become part of, uh, of what they're doing with, uh, with the Eddie Stone piece. And we'll see where this goes. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a long time coming. Google has to have a play in this space. Um, and, um, you, know, the, the, you know, I think incorporating the URI Beacon piece is, is interesting. I think the ability to push out a URL uh, you know, and not just a standard push notification, I think is powerful in certain cases because if you can deliver that to a device um, and you don't need to have an app on the device, we know by definition beacons typically require apps uh, as communication vehicles to complete the, the two-way piece of it, but the URI Beacon initiative was intended to be able to communicate out by just simply pushing a URL that didn't require an app. So if this new Eddystone thing allows you to do both or have the choice, that, that could open up the market significantly. So I like this. I think this is uh, a long time coming, a big move uh, in the industry. And uh, now, now we're going to have to have Google come to Retail Loco and talk about uh, uh, what's happening with Eddie Stone. So there you go. Eddie Stone. Eddie Stone. It sounds like a good rock name. I like it. It's a good name. Eddie Stone. Why wouldn't they just go and buy? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just go and buy something? You know that already has people like beacons dis distributed and then open up just like they bought Android. You know, like why? Would yeah, they but you know they've probably been working on this for so long. It's uh, uh, you know obviously they've had the Yuri Beacon piece for a while, so it's yeah. uh, it's just an evolution of this. And you know I I like how they come up with these names for these things, right? Like the Sadie Stone thing, and you know, and then you got like on the on the voice side, you got you know Siri and you got all this other stuff. And I hear Facebook's got one coming now called Money Penny or something. Money Penny, yes. <laughs> so. Yes, and it's all going to be just like a cacophony of, uh, of you know, challenges around, is this a, like the same thing with the payments? Oh, it does, do you have the Google beacons here? Or is it Money Penny? Oh, no, yeah. it's Apple, it's, it's iBeacons? Oh, That's right. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster. It's like, and, and everybody's focusing on the beacons part. But I think the best, the, the company that has the, the biggest ability to win here is it's got to be a toss-up between Facebook and, uh, and Apple. It just has to. It just does. Well, at the end of the day, I think it's gonna. I think the OS players will have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Um, well, so you don't. Wouldn't you consider Facebook an operating system right now? In some ways, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, it depends. If, if they end up moving he heavier into the hardware side, I mean, as they you know move with their with their uh, AR VR stuff, and as they move, you know, if they launch a phone, and uh, you know, if they end up buying somebody like a Sprint. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, really saying back that? to that. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah, but they definitely have. Are going to have a lot to say about it. And you know, like we talked about last week with Big Gay Ice Cream and Place Tips and all the stuff they're doing there. Small business rules, yeah. man. There you go. You, you're the you're the first into the small business, and you can show value by generating income for them. You will win. And right now, I don't see Apple doing that. I don't see Google doing that. I see Facebook doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll all see. right. What about Spotify? Are they doing what about that? Spotify? Man, poor guys. I think I gave up my Spotify uh, account as soon as, I mean, I was a paying Spotify customer. As soon as it came into Canada, I started paying. And uh, now I don't pay anymore because I'm on Apple Music. Did, did you do anything? Do you pay for music yet? I'm on Apple Music. You are. Yeah. 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 See, I, I, I love Apple Music, man. The interface is amazing. It's, it's great. I think it's the Beats uh, interface. Um, but it's just, I, I found Spotify's UI the yeah. worst. Like, it was terrible. Terrible, like yeah. there was. I had to go it's, back. You know, I used it for a little while. Um, I'm totally on Apple Music now on these devices. I'm still in, in one of the vehicles. We've still got uh, Sirius oh, man. satellite. It's yeah, old school. Yeah, well, it came with the vehicle, so it's still there. Mm-hmm. So did my radio, but I don't listen to that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I just found that the Spotify operating the user experience was not good. I I had to hit back too many times, like the old school browsing. Yeah. So, 
but I, I really do like the Apple uh, Apple Music. But now, so Spotify's got a. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not in any jeopardy of going out of business. Don't get me wrong. It's just that, but they've got to come up with these pretty innovative things, and they've created this musical map of about a thousand cities around the world where it's basically highlighting the greatest songs or the most popular songs in those cities. So it, it has uh, it's based on um, kind of a quorum of 20 million listens. That's how they, they determine this. And they're going to do this, I think, every couple of weeks. They're going to refresh this as soon as they hit 20 million listens in that city. And then they're going to give you a brand new, um, you know, top or trending songs in that area. Uh, what I like about it is that it's it's not so much of the, you know, where the listener originated from. So say I am in Ottawa and I, you know, I sign up with my auto address. They don't consider that as I'm playing it. And then I'm in Toronto. They don't consider me playing music in Toronto as popular in Ottawa. They they actually count it towards the city that you're in, which is which is very good. Um, and I, I really like this. I, I think this is done. It's on open street maps and uh, they basically plot it on the map. You click on it and it takes you to a page that shows you the most popular songs in that city. And uh, it kind of shows you, like, one of the statements that I read, it was around the top 40, you see. Remember the top 40 used to be so influential because it was kind mm-hmm. of like the North American top 40. And we used to have, like, um, Good Rockin' Tonight, which was our video show back in the yeah, day. Casey Kasem. Yeah, well, it was like, we had to listen to it. And they had the top 100 songs every year on New Year's Eve, counted down, and we would listen to it. It would be the greatest things, and they were, like, the definitive North American top uh, 100 songs. It shows you how different that is. The world is today around music, where every city and every geographic region um, has has its own uh, top top songs, and also uh, they can be so completely diverse, right? They can be so different and not top forty music. They could be some like Elvis could be trending somewhere mm-hmm. right now, which I think is fascinating, um, and I think he probably is. So, um, it, and one of the things that they do is really interesting, is they say. Well, listen, if, if, uh, and I'll read this. So if two songs both have 10,000 local streams, but one has 20,000 global streams and one has 100 global streams, the first one, the one with, with the first 10,000 who have 20,000 global streams will rank higher because it's getting 50% of its streams from that one city. So I love how they're, they're doing the weight on this. Yeah. And, uh, but this is, this is great use of location, great use of mapping, great use of music, and great for discovery of new uh, music artists around the world. Very good. Spotify. Maybe I'll go back. Although, can I tell you one thing? I did use Spotify's yeah. running music. And I don't know if I told you this, okay. but, but it, what, what it does is you put it in your pocket as you're running, and as you, you know, when it, 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 uh, it looks at your pace, and then it gives you a beats per minute based on your pace. So right. as you're running, um, and then so I, I did it. I'm not a really fast runner. It was like, you know, like slow dancing music. It was Anne Murray, I think, I was playing when I was running. <laughs> but what it does is that, it, like, it based on your on your yeah, pace, it matches the your pace to the to the pace of the music. It was awesome. I got to tell you, it was like having your own sound running soundtrack. Like it was inspirational. I'm like, yeah, can you hear that? That's my music playing. It was it was good. And then I, there you go. Maybe I'll go back to Spotify. <laughs> Next story is it? All right, our fifth story. Now, uh, an LA-based company called Nplug, that's E-N-P-L-U-G, um, has launched what it's calling the industry's first public app market. So this is an app marketplace, but not like the app marketplaces that we know. This is an app marketplace for the digital signage and content world. Very, very interesting. So we know that this world, we've talked about this uh, a lot on the show, uh, of digital out of home and mobile uh, coming together and now we have an actual app marketplace that's starting to emerge around this and it's a public app marketplace at that um, so you can search uh, for a variety of content focused apps different use cases there's not a lot in here yet it's it's like I said it's an open marketplace so people can uh, there's a public SDK you can create apps and submit them uh, in the same way that sort of the Android app market uh, place works uh, there's no cost to developers for this um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I think there's currently only ten apps in there, and there's six that are awaiting uh, approval at the moment. But it's uh, it's an interesting concept, right? A, a marketplace for for the digital signage uh, community and apps around that. So check it out if you're uh, you know in part of this ecosystem that we talk about all the time, and you've got an app, put it in there. <laughs> put it in there. Yeah. yeah, these are good. These are good. All right, speaking about uh, food, were we talking about food there for a second? We were. We were. I was talking about food. 
I, I keep bringing this app that I use, Yumly, up because I love it. Um, and if only had we had, we had Instacart right now in, in Canada. And if only there was overnight delivery or same-day delivery from, say, like uh, Amazon Fresh, the world would be a better place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But until that day, uh, there is Reader's Digest and something a, a, a site that they run called Taste of Home. Uh, and they've partnered. Reader's Digest has partnered with a company called Crisp Media uh, in order to – here, let me just walk it through. Very simple. is that you've got recipes on, on uh, Taste of Home, and you've got CPGs, uh, packaged good companies that are basically interested in getting to those people who are interested in the recipes. It's a very captive audience. The majority of us use our phones inside of grocery stores. So now I've got recipes that I'm looking up on my phone as I'm trying to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to buy. And then you've got very highly targeted, geo-targeted ads based on my my location and based on the recipe that I'm looking at to tell me what products to buy. Pretty simple, but pretty effective. This is probably the best thing you can ever do is, is you know, you know your audience. I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out how to build or, uh, you know, make cupcakes or make a good sandwich or cook a steak or pasta. Then give me the ability to, to find that product and, and buy that product and, and push, a, push an ad in front of me. Um, I'm not a big fan of ads at all. I don't know if they're impactful or not. I typically am not influenced by ads whatsoever. And certainly maybe I'm not going to be as influenced in the grocery store, but I, I may be a little bit more influenced at that point. To be able to buy the product that I need, um, but I know that if, for example, I had a, and I don't know, maybe this is something Taste of Home app, where then I could actually do the whole deep linking piece, like mm-hmm. Yumly does, um, where Crisp Media puts those ads in there, or, or I don't know, facilitates it somehow. Then maybe I'd be more susceptible to, uh, to do it. But um, this isn't new, right? Because I, I, I distinctly remember having a Philadelphia cream cheese, uh, cheesecake book, right? Where everything inside it was Philadelphia yeah. cream cheese, right? And, and it's the same kind of concept here, but just uh, a digital version of it. Just a digital version of it. Yeah. Yeah. The you know the grocery space is a hot space, right? I yeah. mean, uh, people are, are are going after this space. It's interesting. The same day that this story came out, and by the way, I, I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm of that generation where, like, you know, in my household growing up when I was like a kid, Reader's Digest was was in the house. And like I can still remember picking these things up as a kid and kind of flipping through it and going, yeah, what is this crap kind of thing? Like, but then like I'd find it like some article in there and I'd end up reading this thing and it was like really interesting. Um, and and so I don't know, like I don't know, I haven't seen a Reader's Digest for. They're still out long. there. They're at all the dentists. They're still out there. Um, but uh, I, I I can I can distinctly I have a fond memory of you know the quality of the content that was in in Reader's Digest. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just happened to pick it. Up one day, I was I must have been like ten or eleven or something, and I ended up reading this thing, and I'm going, wow, this is a good article. And then I do like you know from then on, I like I read these things like every once in a while, and you know, and it was it was yeah, it's just good. Um, but you know what? That's you know, one of the, the other big thing things. That, but that's one of the big uh, things with Reader's Digest, Asif, is that it is, uh, it's a trusted brand, right? So when you marry some, when yeah. you when they pick a company uh, like Crisp Media, it's like it's for. It is. It is. So, you, you know, I don't know that you can ever believe at all advertising and, you know, it's advertising, but but I think it validates what Crisp is trying to do simply because of the brand Reader's Digest. Yeah. So, uh, and then just the other little sidebar is at the same day that this story came out, uh, Meredith Corporation, which is one of the other big, huge media companies out there, uh, and they're a big player in the grocery space. Uh, they went out and bought a company called Grocery Server, which is another hyper-local deal platform in the grocery space. So there's a lot of attention in that category and helping CPGs reach people, whether they're looking at recipes or they're just shopping. Um, so something to pay attention to. We are, and that's what we do here. All right. Uh, our seventh story. Now, here's an interesting partnership. Uh, uh, Swerve, S-W-R-V-E has teamed up uh, with uh, their mobile marketing automation company. They've teamed up with a company called Plot Projects, which is a, a location-based uh, tech company uh, that we've talked about before. Um, and uh, again, here we're talking grocery. Uh, they've integrated uh, the geolocation uh, targeting capabilities in an app called Favado, F-A-V-A-D-O, which is a grocery shopping app. And um, a lot, again, a lot of attention in this space. I don't know, it seems like groceries is all we're talking about today. But uh, uh, it's also been, um, uh, they're looking at tying this into the savings.com app uh, through the 
this integration. So there's a lot happening here. Um, you know, this is a uh, Plot Projects is, is uh, you know a geofencing and beacon uh, beaconing company, and uh, they can. Uh, one of the cool things about their beacons is is the, is the um, the way you can control the uh, you know the parameters of those geofences. So it can be from anywhere from 50 meters to 50,000 meters. Uh, they describe it, and um, and you can uh, you can use these for you know obviously uh, foot traffic analysis or just boosting app usage. Um, so there's a lot of different capabilities in here, and you know it's just I, I'm I'm always with with Rob on this where this you know don't go build this stuff. Go find companies who know how to do it. Partner with them as Swerve is doing. And, and make it happen, and and don't and don't claim it does more than it uh, it does, right? Just it, it's simple. It's a beaconing geofencing company that gives you the ability to do finite targeting and, and promotion, and obviously they've got some traction in the grocery sector. Make it happen. Just do it. Simplicity. Do it. Simplicity. Simplicity, man. Yeah. If you can't explain it in a sentence, it's too yeah. complicated. Don't throw it, a lot of buzzwords in there. Just say yeah. what it does. You know what? I, I'm I'm with you. Because, yeah. you know, people's eyes gloss over, you know, and especially when you're listening to this. Say you're listening to this in a podcast when you're driving uh, and and uh, and as Steve explained that, it would be like, you don't want your eyes to gloss over and fall asleep. We got to keep this exciting or else you might crash your car, right? Yeah. All right. Talking about exciting and keeping your eyes open, Asif. How about this right now? How about, wouldn't you like to shop with your eyes? Shop with your eyes. Yeah. Shop with your eyes. Ooh. No bags. <laughs> I guess it would be like. Right now, the only time I do this is when I'm coming back and I got to stand at the Nexus Iris scanners exactly. to verify that I'm like back in the country. Is that what yeah. you do? I'm like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like, look at these eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they haven't changed since I left. Got a bionic eye. But shopping with your eyes is a uh, you know is an interesting thing. We've talked about facial recognition, like Alibaba is doing facial recognition around uh, payments, and uh, we saw Jack Ma actually on stage demonstrating it, and uh, and it actually seemed seemed to work. And and you know we've always had this world where um, you know there's going to be a point in time where it's iris scanning, iris scanning for everything. Apple's got fingerprint uh, scanning on their uh, on their latest iPhones and iPads. So why not iris scanning? And that's what NTT Docomo is trying to get into right now. Uh, this is on the Aero NXF 04G phone and a couple of other ones as well. But this is literally exactly as it sounds. You, you want to pay for something, you just hold it up and uh, you place your eyes in these two holes. Not really. You line them up with these two holes on the screen on a front-facing camera and it scans your eyes. Just like that. Scans your eyes. And pays. And I think, you know what? What I like to see is that based on how wide open your eyes are, that's how much money you actually extract from it. So it's like if you're buying like a car, it'd be like, Jesus, your eyes are wide open like that. And if you're just buying like a chocolate bar, it's like, hey, dude, I just need a chocolate bar, man. But that brings up a whole bunch of things. Like what if the guy's high and he can't <laughs> open his eyes? He'd be like, oh, dude, I can't open well, my well, eyes, dude. I, I love this technology. So what I, I don't get is, is like, I mean, it's so cool. Like can't it just be called the arrow eye something? <laughs> instead like, of, instead like, of what's the what? This NXF04G. Like what is that? Well, you know, I don't know. Right? It's a technology company trying to sell you something that is scanning your eyes to pay. There's fifty cents. There's a dollar. I, I look. I, I love this technology, and NTT Dogamo is cool. Yeah, so good for them. <laughs> first of all, her first name is Nike. I love that. Uh, Nike O'Neill is her name, and she has created what we're calling Canada's first shopping apartment. All right. Yeah, you heard me correct. It's an experiential retail uh, environment. Nike is a uh, interior designer here in Toronto, and uh, housed inside a tiny downtown condominium, uh, people can basically walk through the condominium, and everything on, in the condominium is available for sale. It's uh, 800 square feet. Uh, literally, literally everything from the paintings on the walls to the kitchen glassware, the cutting boards, the beauty products, the towels in the bathroom, the clothes in the bedroom closet, the chocolates and cakes on the counter, it's all for sale. Isn't that called an estate sale? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this is an ongoing thing. Um, you know, she, she says that regular shops are things, uh, things where things are often... Uh, 
placed in multiples, you can't really get a sense of what it would look like in your home. True. Um, and so to actually see it, uh, what she's describing it in a retail condo setting uh, makes sense, where you can actually see you know, the decor and see the things in the places that they would normally be in your environment, and you can get a, f a much better feel for it. Uh, and couple that with when she wanted to, to set up shops, she wanted to actually open up a furniture shop, um, that's her, 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 her business, um, you know, retail space in Toronto is so expensive. So she thought, well, I'll just, you know, basically get a condo unit and I can, you know, I can live in it and I can sell it and I can make all this stuff happen. And uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I like it. It's a, it's it's a just, good concept. She just it called it that so that people would come to her garage sale. Yeah, but uh, she's, uh, it, it's, it's phenomenal. She's had, uh, let me pull up the numbers here. Since, since it opened June 24th, so not even a month it's been open, over 100 people have passed through the shopping apartment. Uh, selling over, selling several hundred items. Uh, she plans to debut a new collection with each season, shifting the assortment to mirror the roughly 1,000 items that she offers in her uh, uh, online store, which is 800squarefeet.com. That is interesting. Yes. She turned her apartment into a store. Yes. There you go. Well, that is absolutely contextual shopping. Canada's first shopping, shopping apartment. Check it out. 800squarefeet.com. 800squarefeet.com. So by the way, that's 800 in numbers. SQFT.com. Of course. Squarefoot. Squarefoot. Yeah. 800squarefoot. Um, that is a very interesting concept, Asif. Yeah. That is a very interesting concept. Could that be the new way we do retail? I don't know. Come into my house. Yeah. Take what you want. Buy what you want. It is an estate sale. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's an interesting approach. So it takes showrooming to the next level, right? Yeah. 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 There you go. Oh, man. All right. Our, uh, I think this is our last story, isn't it? Is this our last story? It is one more story, yeah. My goodness. And I get to finish it off with... It's a birthday story. It is a birthday story. You know, but you know, you didn't bring up the most important birthday story. You know who else is 20 years old today? Amazon. Amazon. Oh, yes. Amazon it's Prime Day. celebrated its 20th anniversary. It's Prime Day almost. It was Prime Day yesterday. So we're recording this on Thursday. It was the 15th. Uh, it was Prime Day the Wednesday. Uh, I looked at some of those deals and um, not, not such great deals up here in Canada. What about Walmart like trying to capitalize on it? That's pretty interesting. What did they do? I didn't hear that. Oh, well, so Amazon announced Prime Day with all these great deals, and Walmart decides, well, hey, you know, we'll just, like, uh, Match create, our, create our own uh, discounted day uh, on the same day as, as Prime Day. And so they went and basically tried to match or beat all the prices. That's always good. Online. It's a steady stream to bankruptcy when you yeah. do that. Oh, my so, gosh. There you go. Well, yeah, Amazon is 20 years old, and so is the GPS. Man, the whole reason we do this. The basic, the birth, the father of location-based marketing and contextual-based marketing and mobile and getting to where you got to get to on the right at the right time, uh, was born 20 years ago. Went online 20 years ago, July 17th. So that's tomorrow. It's Friday for us. 1995. It just seems like 95 was not that long ago. No, I thought we were in advanced times in the early 90s, but apparently, if you think about what's happened over the last 20 years, we were in the dark ages. So the global positioning system became fully operational as a military tool 20 years ago. And look how quickly marketers ruined the military tool. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> see if we, we ruin everything, man. Here was this wow. thing to protect, you know, and to find, to make sure that we had, you know, troops and, and battleships and as we we're fighting the war on terror and the war on drugs and every war you can imagine in the Nicaraguan, Nicaraguans and... Man, we were out there fighting, and uh, now we use it as a marketing tool. But 20 years ago, the 17th of July, 1995, GPS came online. There you go. And then uh, yesterday, they uh, they launched the the latest GPS satellite. So they like they haven't stopped, you know, in 20 years. They keep putting up new stuff. They launched a uh, uh, it's called GPS uh, IIF10. Uh, of course, took off from Cape Canaveral yesterday. Uh, on a on an Atlas uh, Five rocket, so there you go. Well, uh, you know, and uh, th there's been something that's absolutely amazing. I remember the very first GPS unit I held in my hand in a smartphone. Uh, it was a BlackBerry 7100. It was a brick phone. It was huge, but it was BlackBerry Rim was the first mobile company to put a GPS in the phone. 
And I used to have to put it on my dashboard of my car and wait for like seven or eight minutes for it to actually triangulate, get the three yeah. satellites uh, triangulated. But, but it worked. It was the first GPS that I had. And uh, I think I had a GPS system in my car for a year before it actually came out on the phone. And then I spent $100 on Navtech's uh, GPS software, and, and uh, now it's freaking free. Now it's free. 20 Amazing. years. It's gone from sci-fi stuff to free. That's nuts. That's nuts. And here we are sending probes and stuff to you know distant parts of our galaxy. And Yeah, those Pluto images are pretty awesome. Oh, just like I freaking, like kids, become scientists, okay? Yeah. Please. Like the world needs more scientists. If you're listening to this, get out of marketing. Don't be a lawyer. Don't be a lawyer. Don't be an accountant. Be a freaking scientist. Yeah, be, a, be a scientist. Get all sciencey and stuff, okay? Learn your maths. Don't do what I did. Don't get all airy fairy and get into arts and play the guitar and shit like that. Go and learn science. It's hard stuff. Or if you're gonna play the guitar, you know, do like Chris Hadfield. Play it in space. Boom. Record an album from the space station. Yeah. Major Tom. Lock your Soyuz hatch and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Commencing countdown engines on. Detach from station and may God's love be with you. All right, so those are the t let's end the top 10 stories here, please. The, we'll just close those out. That was the last one, which was just 20 years. Congratulations, GPS, the, the, the birthplace of this industry. Um, and uh, now we just have a quick guest, right? Good conversation with the guest that you actually sat down with, Ian. Uh, tell me about this. Uh, who is Ian? His name is Ian Dallimore. Yeah, Ian's great. Uh, so uh, Lamar, uh, the, the, one of the biggest out-of-home companies in the planet, uh, been, been an LBMA member for a while. Got to sit down with Ian. Ian is uh, heads up um, innovation and digital strategy for Lamar. They're based down in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Great company. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, I basically chatted with them. Got to uh, hear a little bit about how they're thinking, how they're who they're partnering with. You know how they feel about location and and mobile and those things coming together. And uh, and got to hear a little bit about uh, Miss Pac-Man too. So <laughs> without any further ado, here is Ian Dallimore of Lamar. Well, it's that time of week where we get to have a special guest on the show, and this week I'm really excited on his birthday to have Ian Dallimore, the Director of Innovation and Digital uh, Strategy for Lamar. Ian, welcome to uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Cool. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you guys have been part of the LBMA for a while now. Uh, it's great to finally uh, get you on the, on the show to talk about how you see things uh, evolving with out-of-home and, and mobile and location, but before that... Maybe for like the three people who haven't heard of Lamar yet, uh, you know, who are you guys? What are you guys all about? Yeah, I'll give you the quick. Uh, we were founded in 1902, so we're the largest out-of-home company in the U.S. Uh, in Puerto Rico. Um, we have about 180,000 billboards across those areas. Uh, of those, almost 3,000 are digital. So it's a lot of fun. We get to work for a company that uh, was founded in the out-of-home space, and now we're trying to merge the technology with multiple different platforms. So it's a lot of fun. Fantastic, fantastic. So, um, and I alluded this, to this already, but you know, for us at the LBMA, you know, we're, we're really uh, spending a lot of time in out of home. And obviously you guys are you know, the, the kings of out of home in some respects. How do you see that sort of in, intersection between where the out of home industry is and has been 
and how that's starting to come together with mobile and location in particular. Uh, you know, the, the you know the crossing of those things. Yeah, I think it's you know it, it's a lot of fun, and I think it's important for uh, the at home industry. And we've done this for the last almost three and a half years is embracing um, mobile uh, location based uh, social media and kind of how we play in that space. Um, we kind of or, or my analogy is I alluded to is in the 1950s when the guy would wake up in the morning, he'd read the newspaper, jump in the car, he would then hear the same ad that he just read in the newspaper and then when he came home and watched uh, that evening news he would then be hit again with that same ad. Um, I think the world that we live in today and it's unique in an old school out of home company is that consumer drives past the board, um, they then hit that coffee shop and they may, may be pinged with that specific ad and then they can go to that specific site or that offer. Um, so I think it's important that in today's media mix it's drastically transformed um, and it's it's great for the consumer to have that mobile device with them, but also to be able to interact with uh, different screens, whether it's large format or place-based. Um, it, it allows that consumer to take the brand and then um, take it to the next level and hopefully take that mobile device and have uh, an interaction, whether it's a transaction directly at the cash register after seeing that sale. So it, it's a, I, I think it's the future of, of where advertising is going. Yeah, so it's that flow also across media types. Um, you know, what we describe at the LBMA is this kind of location cookie that transitions, you know, from what's happening in the home to what, what happens, you know, in your car to what happens when you're in the retailer, restaurant, store, you know, or, you know, uh, you know as you're passing, you know, out of home display, whatever it is. So it's, it's for us, it's using location to track across all of those different uh, media types and devices. So I like that. It very much yeah. fits in line with that. Maybe can you give us a specific example of how you've tried to embrace this as uh, partnerships, uh, you know, uh, projects that you've done? Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's for us, it's right place, right time and being relevant. Um, so one of the companies, mobile companies that we partnered with uh, is Bluebyte. Um, they've deployed their MTAGs, uh, which is their NFC QR. Uh, across a ton of our shelters across the U.S., um, but more importantly for us is we use those guys uh, for real-time uh, ad buying, uh, geofence campaigns. Um, so we recently just started a campaign, uh, wraps up actually this week with Shellback Rum, um, a new rum, very niche market. It's 21 to 25-year-old males is who they were looking to target. Uh, campaign they selected. Um, a mid-sized market, Nashville, but specifically ran during the CMA festival. Um, so traditionally how the agency and client would typically do uh, a media mix with three static billboards, uh, two digital boards near midtown bars uh, and where the concert was happening. Uh, but that partnership with Blue Bite, uh, we came in and gave this specific points of interest and they were able to serve real-time geo-targeted ads um, at the CMA festival, at the midtown bars. Uh, but also capturing that consumer that may have a uh, Pandora app running. So when they drove past that billboard, they were then served that mobile ad or if they were at the Midtown bar. Um, and the whole purpose again, which is what we all strive to do for our clients, is right place, right time. Serve that ad while they're at the bar. Guys, what should we order? And they're hit with that ad, Shellback Rum. That recency effect is what's huge for us. They just drove past that ad, that out of home large format billboard then they're hit with the same exact creative. And that's kind of what's pivotal, is seeing that redundancy from a large format to your mobile device and being at that specific, uh, in this case, uh, point of purchase to order shellback wrong. Uh, so we saw a lot of success and it's, it's neat to kind of work with technology companies um, to kind of, like you said, the flow of the consumer. And we're all different. So to be able to have those different campaigns tailored mm -hmm. to a specific niche audience. I think that that's what's key. Fantastic. That's a great example. Um, I noticed you've got uh, a rhino and a Miss Pac-Man behind you. Uh, what, what's that all about? Oh, wow. Uh, so the quick side story, when I was a kid, uh, I was very fortunate. My dad had more or less an arcade, and that uh, Miss Pac-Man machine was one of the arcade games. And he said, look, if you ever, you ever make it big, not saying I made it big, but when you get your own office, I'll give you one of the uh, one of the arcade games. So it's a lot of fun. Break That's up awesome the monotony. Yeah, the it's very, very relevant right now with this new uh, Pixel movie coming out, where they got the Pac-Man going and, and all that. See, they're, they're bringing it back. 
Yeah, it's old, it's old school. It, it definitely attracts some people into my office too, which is now the Rhino, I have no clue what that's about. I bought uh, actually the CEO at, uh, at Blue Bite. I bought him a, um, a shark head, which is that company's logo. Um, and he sent me the Rhino. So there I need to ask him what it means. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, one, one last question for you then. I mean, uh, you guys are doing some amazing things. There's a lot of great stuff going on uh, with, with the partnerships with Blue Bite and others. But uh, if you were to kind of look into the crystal ball and kind of look 18, 24 months out, what's next for your industry and, and how uh, maybe Lamar is going to play in it? Yeah, so we, as a lot of people know, we've played with a programmatic real-time buying uh, programmatic platform with a company called Vistar. Uh, we've been pretty successful with that. Uh, but, you know, just to kind of unveil what we're doing in a sense for the future, maybe not 18 months, but five or six years, 10 years from now, um, we truly feel, or I truly feel that the consumer um, is going to become smarter. Uh, the connected home um, is going to connect to the mobile device. So, and then ultimately connect to that car. So where does that home play in that space? So I'll give you my quick, and again, this is bizarro land, which yep. clearly that's what I live in. Um, your, your refrigerator knows when you put milk in, you take milk out. So it kind of, it knows when you're getting low on milk. That refrigerator will then talk to your mobile device. It'll let you know, as opposed to your wife or spouse, significant other saying, hey, pick up milk. Uh, your mobile device will already know that. It'll talk to that connected car as you're in the backseat, as Google says, watching a movie. Um, where do we play in that space? And what we feel is that mobile device and car can then ping that out of home and say, hey, that consumer needs milk. All of a sudden, you see a Target ad appear for milk for three ninety nine a gallon. It then pings your phone back or your car and lets you know, hey, don't forget to pick up milk. Maybe gives you directions. You walk into Target. Uh, you scan your mobile device, you purchase the milk, and that's my futuristic way of how out of home. So for us, it's we're, we've begun the discussions with different um, mobile companies as well as um, you know these car manufacturers that are playing with that connected car, connected vehicle. So we'll see, but I, I truly feel that that's the future of, of our space is just making the lives of others better and more efficient. And I think that that's the future of advertising. There you go, making our lives better and more efficient. I like it. Uh, we've been chatting with Ian Dalimore, the Director of uh, Innovation and Digital Strategy for Lamar. Ian, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, well, thanks, Ian, uh, for doing that. We really appreciate it. It's always great to have guests on the show. And uh, you know, I think uh, for those of you who are going to be at Retail Loco this fall in October in Chicago, Ian will be there. So um, you can see him live and in person. Live and in person. So there you go. All right. Thank you, Ian, for being on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And thank you guys all for tuning in to this, the 243rd episode. We will be back for 244 as soon as the Steve gets back from his vacation. Do not worry. It, we will not miss a day at all, at all, at all, at all. We'll be back on the following Monday. But uh, please enjoy your week. Steve, safe, safe, safe vacation. Have fun. Relax. Kick back. Play some golf. Do some swimming. Hang out with the family. Enjoy yourself, man. Will do. Going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Have a good week. So. All right, everybody. We'll see you. We'll see you next week.